Hello, and welcome back to the While We're Waiting Hope After Child Loss podcast. I'm Jill Sullivan, your host and one of the co-founders of the While We're Waiting ministry. Thank you so much for joining us again today. If you listened to last week's episode on sibling grief, you had the opportunity to meet my daughter, Bethany. She has brought so much joy to our lives, and I hope you were blessed by what she had to share. But when she was a baby, it was rough. She was the fussiest baby I've ever known. There was just no making that kid happy except by taking her outside. So we spent a lot of time walking around our neighborhood with Bethany in her stroller and three-year-old Hannah walking alongside. Hannah was a big collector at that time, and everything she saw along the sidewalk she wanted to keep. She wanted to keep the funny-shaped rocks and the colorful leaves and the pretty flowers and the occasional feather. And I'm sure you can imagine what she always asked when she saw a dog or cat without an owner in sight. Mom, can we keep him? When we got home from our neighborhood walks, she would empty her pockets of all the stuff she wanted to keep. Sweet memories. As bereaved parents, we can also find ourselves in the role of keeper. We are keepers of time. Time seems to move strangely after the loss of a child, doesn't it? The time since we last saw our child can feel like forever, or it can feel like yesterday, or both. Many of us are aware of exactly how long it's been since our child went to heaven. I saw a Facebook post recently from a bereaved mom friend of mine who noted that it had been five years, five months, five weeks, five days, five hours, and five minutes since her daughter had gone to heaven. Not everyone is quite that exact, but most of us have a constant underlying sense of just how long our child has been gone from us. We can be hyper aware of dates and their significance. Am I the only one who notices expiration dates on things? I may reach for a gallon of milk and I see that it expires on February 26th. Hannah's heaven date, and I quickly reach for another because I don't want to have to look at that date every time I open my refrigerator. Most of us are very aware of the date the last time we saw our child, or our baby's due date, or our last conversation. We mark everything in our lives by before and after. When I try to remember something from the past, it's always in terms of, was that before Hannah went to heaven or after? That seems to have become the dividing line for nearly everything in my life. We are not just keepers of time, but we are keepers of mental lists. Most of us have a mental list of hurtful things people have said to us. That is definitely one of our most often selected topic board items at our retreats. We all have a jaw-dropping story of something completely inappropriate being said to us. Most of us also have a mental list of all those people who said nothing to us or who have seemingly abandoned us in our time of grief, those who avoid us at church or at Walmart, the ones who will talk to us about anything but our child. Most of us also have a mental list of milestones that our child will never reach, coming home from the hospital, taking their first steps, losing their first tooth, starting kindergarten, their first crush, prom, graduation, their wedding, their first child. Those things are so hard, aren't they? In addition to being keepers of time and keepers of mental lists, we are the keepers of our child's belongings. We are the people who keep an article of clothing in a Ziploc bag to retain our child's smell. We are the people who keep a razor in the shower or an empty can of Dr. Pepper on the kitchen counter because our child touched it last. 
We are the people who make shadow boxes with our baby's ultrasound picture, hospital cap, and going home outfit. We are the adults who sleep with a teddy bear or a blanket that belonged to our child. Finally, we are the keepers of our child's legacy. We hold their memories with us. After all, who can remember his snaggletooth smile, the softness of her hair, the curve of his eyelashes, or the sound of her giggle like we can? Yes, some of these memories fade with time, and I know that's a terrifying thought to a bereaved parent, but I take comfort in believing that they will all come back to me when I see Hannah again. Will her appearance be the same in heaven? I don't know, but I know it will be glorious. And we keep their legacy alive by honoring them in the way we live, by the way we serve God in their memory and sharing their stories with others. We honor their legacy by sharing the comfort we have received from Him with others who are hurting, by telling others about the hope we found in Jesus, by reminding people about the reality of heaven. So we do a lot of keeping, don't we? But sometimes all that keeping can get really heavy and we grow weary or even exhausted in the journey. Thankfully, God also takes on the role of keeper. If you're feeling exceptionally weary today and you wonder how you're going to make it, let me share a few scriptures that talk about how God keeps us. First, maybe you could take some courage from these words that Jesus prayed over his disciples before he went to the cross. John 17:11 says, I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you, Holy Father. Keep them in your name. Did you catch that? Jesus asked the Father to keep the disciples, and by extension us, in his name. He knew that in this world we would have trouble, but thankfully he has overcome the world. John sixteen thirty three. Here's another keeping scripture. Psalm 121.8 says, The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. I love that God keeps us so closely to himself that he is aware of when we go out and when we come in. We are not alone in this grief journey. He is with us. In that same chapter, verse 3, David says that, He who keeps us will not slumber. Isn't that a comfort when we are lying awake, unable to sleep? Even then, we're not alone. Another keeping scripture is Isaiah 26.3. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Perfect peace can be hard to even imagine on this child loss journey. But how do we get there or at least move in that direction? By focusing our mind on him and trusting in him. But maybe my favorite keeping scripture of all is Psalm 56.8. You keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. Our sorrows, our tears, they're not wasted. Not a single tear escapes his notice. And I truly believe each one will be redeemed one day in heaven. Let me close by sharing a quote by Marshall Siegel from an article titled, The Lord Can and Will Keep You on the DesiringGod.org website. The Lord can keep you because there's nothing this God cannot do. No crisis or circumstance can overwhelm him. He is never surprised or shaken. He made all things, sustains all things, and rules all things, including every detail of our lives, even on the most difficult days. No hill is too high or night too dark for him. 
Surely the God who made the mountains is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. That last part came from Jude one twenty four. God is able to keep us from stumbling on this hard, hard journey, and one day we will be presented blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. Wow, I don't know about you, but I can't wait. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. We hope it brought you some comfort and encouragement today and maybe made you feel a little less alone on the journey. Please subscribe so you'll never miss an episode and and maybe leave us a rating in iTunes to help others find the podcast. Again, we're glad you spent a few minutes with us today. It's a blessing to walk beside you as we seek to live well while we're waiting.